This podcast is brought to you by the website of doom.com. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode two of Iron Fever Talks to. I am the first part. And uh, this month I'm talking to Declan Shalvey, who is a artist, um, a great artist, actually. I'm, I'm a fan of Declan's for a number of years. I first noticed his work on the Marvel title uh, Thunderbolts. And uh, I kind of was following his career for quite some time. Uh, I interviewed him a few years ago at DICE, uh, Dublin International Comics Expo, which is just a fun name. And uh, got to know him. And then uh, we've kind of been friends and uh, ish. I don't know if that's... Sometimes I'm always a little bit scared sometimes when you call someone a friend. Because uh, you're like, I think we're there. I, th- I think so. I think it's safe to say I can call him a friend at this point. Um... But yeah, and I get to chat to him uh, about uh, his work and and how he got into comics, and uh, it's a fun talk. I'm really happy with this one this month, and uh, the only thing is, just a quick heads up, is that there's a little bit of an echo on this, um, because uh, it was recorded in a large room, and um, I'll try and not have that in future i guess (laughs) i think it's very listenable don't get me wrong but just if you're wondering why it sounds like we're in a a large room it's because we are and i've solved that mystery for you uh so yes uh this podcast exists because of people giving generously on my patreon um if you would like to contribute and get some cool uh, behind-the-scenes stuff of other things that I do, like writing in comics and uh, silly videos that I make about eating Chipotle, uh, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Aaron Fever. This is all the plugs over with. Now to the chat. Do you ever... Um, are you one of those people that hates your own voice? No, I'm all right with it. Okay. I, it took me a long time to get used to mine. I like did like a f- the hundred episodes before I was cool with it. I've done so, I've done so many podcasts now. At first, at first, I was like, "Oh, I, I sound uh, I, I, my deep, my voice is a little deeper than I thought." I'm like, "I don't sound like a." T- I, I thought I sounded like this. You know, but I actually had a much more kind of deeper voice. I'm like, oh, that's okay. But I was, I was annoyed by how much I would be like, uh, um. Uh, yeah, that stuff really really annoys me. I, and I do it a lot. Yeah, uh, and it's frustrating because I have to listen back to it when I'm editing it, and I'm, I wish I could go through it like minute by minute and just keep editing out each. Uh, yeah, you need a uh, app. Yeah, <laughs> another <laughs> app. Um, so yeah, it's funny enough because we first met from doing. Oh, this is recording. Yeah, it's recording. Oh right, so is there like blowing my nose? And... Oh yeah, well I got the nose blown. Oh, okay, right. Uh, <laughs> now I, I I like you to uh, surprise people. Um, but yeah, it's because uh, the first time we met was was an interview I did with you two years ago. Um, um, it was pretty more than just like it feels longer now. Well, I think it's two and a, it was October twenty fourteen. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So close, more wait, big two and a half. So no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's maths for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we don't do uh, yeah, accounts. So, like, so, like somebody, if somebody asks me a question. With 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 maths, like I, I I my brain just stops. I'd be like, I'm not I'm not doing. Jordan asked me the odd time, and I, I'll use the opportunity to do some basic sums just to remind myself I can do it. <laughs> but if anybody if it goes to like multiplication or something, yeah. it's like don't ask me. Oh, I I, I don't want to use my brain. I pl- I played board games with a few friends yesterday, and uh, we there was two dice that you would roll to mm-hmm. take your turn, 
and I'd say about four or five times I called out the wrong thing and I mean it's literally the max number it can go up to is 12 so that, just counting those two numbers together even within that small <laughs> remit you managed to get around oh Jesus uh, yeah thanks for sitting down with me because I know your schedule is hectic at the moment um, oh, yeah it always is so I mean I could put stuff off I generally do put stuff off but um, uh, if, if I don't just accept it and do it then it'll just never get done so and I'd hate to like string along and go yeah sure and some other time some other time because I know you could always be okay. organising something else well I know you because like the last comic deadline you had you had to do three pages a day is it as bad this time around? Uh, I wouldn't do three pages I don't work say page by page I work um, in batches okay. so when I say to you I did three pages in a day I would mean I either pencil three pages yeah. or I inked three pages. Okay. So that's basically, you know, half a page. So if I did three pages, I basically did a page and a half of an entire Right, page. yeah, if you if you add like yeah. and your average is, and yeah, your average is a page a day, so I was working like at you know, an extra half capacity basically. Yeah. Um but injection takes longer, so I was working even harder than that. But um I, uh, I, I, used to, I used to try and find like you know what's the most I can do like really how far can I push myself but I, I know like I can tell I've, I've hit my limit I know <laughs> I can't go further than a certain amount now and then you need to kind of like you know just go okay I need to work really really late tonight or, or I might need to do an all nighter I really try to not do those anymore because mm. you just end up knackered for days does it affect your work as well? Do you think you do worse um, work when you're working in hours like that? I don't. This, mm, it, it depends. Like if your brain's not working, that you're not making good decisions. Right. I think I take it for granted when you're drawing because it's kind of like it seems like such a passive thing that you can just do it any time. But if you're not thinking about it, you can just because it's, it's all really making decisions about the line that you're putting down. And if you're on autopilot, yeah, it's not the best work. You're not really trying new things or or or, or tweaking or, or trying to do something interesting. You're just like. Just say, yeah, whatever. Just trying to fart on the page. So it's not, you know, you'll still get it done, but it's more about the, the quality than anything else. And which do you find more intensive to do, the penciling or the inking? Uh, the penciling. I, oh, I, I, I kind of hate penciling. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's, um, there's a, an artist called Kevin Nolan, and he said um, penciling is the, uh, is the hard work. Uh, inking is the celebration of the work. Okay. Which I quite like because it's, you know, so like the layouts is all the hard thinking. That's where you're really trying to figure out how comic yeah. works. That's where all the like, you know, it's the most kind of stressful bit is where you're trying to make all your storytelling decisions. Great. Think what that is when all your layouts are done. You've be- that's basically the comic done. Right. So, in a way, you don't need to do anymore because the storytelling <laughs> is done. But of course, it's all squiggles, so you need to draw it. So you draw it, which is the pencils, and that's where you work out your perspectives and your, you know, with hand, what size the hand is, or if you can draw a hand, or if you need reference to draw a bus. You can draw a little rectangle, and that's a bus, but then we right. actually need to draw a bus. Or then you realize that you drew a character in front of it, but the character actually would be much smaller with an object that's that big, and how does it fit in the pencil? It's all these, it's basically ironing out problems. Uh, it's penciling, and it's, it's like, I, it's, it's pretty tough. Sometimes, you, well, again, if you're being passive, you can just draw, 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 and you're not realizing that it's terrible. So if you ink, <laughs> if you ink on top of a terribly drawn drawing, then it's just going to look like a terrible drawing. 
I feel like this is your describing 90s comic books. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, there was, the factory was well established at that stage, you know, yeah. so there was so much penciling, inking, and whatnot. I think you see a lot of, like, you know, pencilers that would have been working, like, crazy, crazy fast, and then, you know, you'll, you'll have inkers on top of that, and if they're working faster, you'll catch little things like an extra thumb, or, you know, the belt buckles aren't... Because like when you're especially with with penciling, you're trying to catch continuity errors too. So right. if I have a character with a belt buckle, he's got three like uh, hooks. You know, trying to make sure those hooks are the same and where they are in relation to consistent and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like being your own continuity editor is a real pain in the arse. And I would assume if if the inking is a celebratory part of it, someone else doing the inking for you must be a nightmare. Well, it's never it hasn't happened. You've never I, had to do it. No, I think. Um, I, th- I think, if I recall, Will inked a page of mine once, and I inked a page of his, and neither of us liked what the other person did. <laughs> um, and how come you ended up in that? Was it just for shits and giggles? I think it was for it? shits and giggles. We okay. did a lot of stuff for shits and giggles back then. <laughs> do you ever hear of a magazine called Wizard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did a fake Wizard cover. Oh, okay. Because uh, when I lived in Limerick and he lived in Cork, he'd pop up and I'd go down, you know, the other time. Uh, and yeah so like well, I think I drew a Batman he drew a Superman and we made out like it was uh, a big deal that we'd be doing <laughs> comics and weirdly now he's drawn Spider-Man 2099 like, mm-hmm. and, and I've been you know we've both been in Marvel for years it's really weird but um, how long ago was this? Um, I'd say seven years ago okay maybe I'm trying to think 2006 is when my first comic came out so no, actually, wait, it probably was around. It probably was 10 years ago. Wow. I'll probably find it somewhere. We did a thing where we kept doing, like, a Superman-Batman piece okay. every year. I think we did it for about five, six years. But, like, I keep getting busy, and I, I wouldn't get a chance. And fairness, Will was always on top of it, like, going, oh, like, you know, if we get a chance. But I just never did, so it's been, it's been a while now. Um, so does... When you say your first comic came out, was that the the Irish um, one that you won the award for? Uh, no, yeah, so the, that won an award, but it was it was um, it was actually uh, British. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was written by a guy called Andy Winter, and uh, I met him at a convention, and basically he was he was publishing his own books, like books that he wrote. Okay. Uh, so he had like a couple of graphic novels. So when I went to Bristol, I saw like we would buy two graphic novels that he did. So I was talking to him and he said that um, I showed him my portfolio and he said if you were willing to draw something I'll print it. I can't pay you money to draw it right. but I will, I will publish it and it'll be a real comic. Okay. So I was like grand you know so yeah. um, I was scraping by I was on the dole anyway like I, I nothing to stop me so I, I went back to Limerick and I that's where I was living at the time and um, I spent like I think two months maybe two and a half months drawing 30 pages which okay. would be pretty slow, yeah. you know. Well, actually, it's probably what I'm doing now, but, but at a much lower level. <laughs> uh, so, but, um, so, yeah, so I drew it, and I gave it to him, and he got it lettered, or he lettered himself, and printed it. And, uh, like, we had took it to conventions and whatnot, and it won, it won Best British Black and White Comic Book of 2006. Okay. So that's the only reason I remember that it was 2006 when right. it came out. Although I think technically it actually would have come out in 2005, because I think we reprinted it. No wait, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, it came at the end of 2005, but then we reprinted a much nicer version because the, the first print was terrible. 
And um, how long was it from there till you actually got paid to do to do the job? Um, from there, I think I'm trying to remember now. I um, was still living in Limerick, and I Stephen Mooney was drawing a book called Freak Show okay. that uh, Rob Curley uh, writes and publishes. Published. I'm not sure if he's still doing it. I think he's stopped. I'm not sure. But um, he. Uh, so yeah, Mooney had been drawing it, and then he got an offer from um, IDW to draw a CSI book. Okay. Um, Jefferson is dying in the gutters. It's Rich Johnson's killed, and, and <laughs> all the comics publishers are are, are suspects. I didn't even know they did comics of CSI. I was not aware of it. At all. Yeah, you should check it out. Like you know, he got to draw Stan Lee and Joe Quesada and all that. <laughs> That's fun. Hmm. But um. So yeah, so he made the jump to American Comics, and I think he suggested me to Rob. Okay. So and Rob was the first paying gig. Okay. And it wasn't great money, but it was you know, it was enough that I could probably get by. So at the time, I'd gotten an offer to uh, set a studio up in Scotland. There was a guy I knew who ran a comic shop over there, and he said, "Look, if you're over here, you know, you're not going to meet comics people in Limerick. Right. But where I am in, in in Aberdeen in Scotland, I have a comic shop. Whoever comes through, you get to meet." So I did. I I left Limerick after I say like seven seven years of living there. But um but also like I, I loved living there but also like my best mates were living there and I it was kinda hard to get stuff done because I was I was in a stage where I'd finished college but I was kind of still half living a college lifestyle. Like yeah, yeah. College it's hard people. to break and, out of that like Yeah, yeah. it is like you know, but I'd see some people who were like who would be, you know, years older than me who were still doing it, I'd be like, that's fucking sad. <laughs> and I could have been on that road, you know. But, um, but so, so leaving Limerick was good for me because it just got me out of that, like, you know, comfortable bubble. Yeah. And I forced me to, like, start working my arse off. So um, I went over there and I was working on a freak show for a while and then um, there was a guy called John Howard who's uh, drawn loads of uh, comics uh, like Spider-Man UK stuff and, and whatnot, but um, he was doing a graphic novel f- for uh, classical comics, okay. and he suge- he sent my stuff to the editor, and he that suited like a Frankenstein book that they were working on. Okay. Those books are basically um, he, he, the John Howard was doing a, a Hamlet one, and no, sorry Macbeth, and I and um, uh, I ended up doing um, Frankenstein, and they were basically graphic novels with different kind of levels of language in it so that like if like a teenager would have certain reading comprehension and then there would be maybe younger kids who wouldn't have as much yeah so so basically the the art was the same but the dialogue was like you know dumbed D- different down. levels and stuff yeah different like levels yeah um so that was my first proper main gig like that would okay. have been a decent rate because very strong like it was small press like and it was you know I had to figure out how to letter a book because okay. he didn't know you know? uh, and so, like, for uh, argument's sake, I don't know that argument's not the right word, but like, how long? How long from the first? So from two thousand five, from the first one came out. Yeah. How long was it until you were like, okay, I'm actually getting paid a decent wage for this? Well, I mean, I guess I would I would say freak show because I was able to like get off the dole. Right. I mean, I was scraping by, but I was able, <laughs> I was able to concentrate and draw comics. So I guess, um, I think that came out two thousand seven. So it probably took... About two years. It probably took a year. Okay. After, yeah, because I was, I'll be, again, I was going back and forth to conventions, um, doing some commissions and whatnot. Uh, it probably took about a year. But keep in mind, the first published comic I did is after, like... Like, I finished college 2003. Right. And that's when I properly said, I'm going to 
draw comics right. and I didn't have anything published till the end of 2005 so there's like two a year and a half to two years before you even getting like a thing anything published. printed right you know so that, that was that's it's like you know every step on the ladder is a big is a big well uh, that's just it and it's, it's something that I'm kind of always fascinated I don't know anyone listening might think like oh it's a bit weird he keeps asking about money but like it's just because I know even myself you do so many free gigs and you're yeah, expected yeah. to do so many free gigs. Oh yeah, I did. Lo- I did loads. I did. Um, there was an Irish guy who gave me like a f- forty-eight page graphic novel. Okay. Uh, to draw for free. Yeah, that's asking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I went to a small. Sh- I went to a small show in Dublin. I met Bob Byrne at that one, and I met loads of different people. And um, uh, there was one guy who was nice, and he gave me this, for this big, mad, long thing. I did a cover for it. I was really happy with it. But um, yeah, it was forty. It was, it was it was long. Yeah, and it wasn't paying. I'm like, like, can I, like, how long can I really do this for? Like, you know, realistically, how long yeah. is it going to to draw this thing for free? And realistically, I mean, you know, then I would like look at what else the person's published, and none of it was particularly high quality printing. And right. you kind of had to, especially when you're an artist starting out, you've got to pick the what's most likely to even exist. Right. You know, I know there was another pitch. I did this kind of like a mobsters zombies thing for a guy, <laughs> and um, he was in America. So I thought, oh, in America, maybe that'll help. You know, there's a contact in America that right. ultimately went nowhere. There was another science fiction thing. I think I drew like ten pages of, and I designed spaceships and put a lot of work into it. And I can't remember if I decided not to finish it, or because I do feel bad for some writers because artists can flake. Right, but I think if any time I flake, it's because I got a strong sense of it going nowhere. Exactly, you know. And if I'm going to spend months on something, you need you need to to feel that it's 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 going to. It's like when you're with screenwriters working all the time and nothing gets made. Yeah. So how are you even going to know if their work is good? So you, you know, when you're starting out, as well as things like anthologies are pretty good because there'll be a lot of people getting together to make a book. Right, and if, if if the workload is shared, then it, it helps to. Well, and also I think it helps too, because when you first start publishing, nobody knows who you are, so not many people are going to even check out the thing that you even self-published or whatever. Yeah. And so if you do anthologies with other people, at least like one of the other people who contributed, their friend is going to read your work, which mm-hmm. is someone who you wouldn't have probably reached before. Well, that. The more the more kind of crossroads and contacts you make, at like ultimately, you know helps like um, there's when well, also I met Andy because I did that Hero book and he had a friend called Joel Meadows who was making a magazine called Tripwire and he did this backup feature with some short stories like comics yeah. it was basically a magazine about, about pop culture but he had some comics in it and he couldn't pay but he said like oh would you want to write and draw short stories like three pages I was like yeah grand that's cool like, it's three pages is not a lot of work for yeah, you yeah exactly either. and it was cool to just you know so and I wanted to do just a little crime story um, and it was that short story that was seen by an editor boom okay that got me 28 days later or got me like in the running for 28 days later so I know I'd love to say to you like never do free work uh, I certainly think that free work isn't it's not I'd be dubious about free work, but I can't say it definitely doesn't pay off. Yeah. Like, you know, I think had I said to Joel at the time, you know, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> uh, because, you know, well, also, it's different. He was a friend. Right. So, so you know, that was helping each other. And there was also a very nice publication. It was really, really nice. It was a Tommy okay. Edwards cover. It was, it, was, uh, it was a really, really nice put together book. And it was just like a short story that I got to write myself. So, 
you know, no, no harm, no foul. But um, you know, hero killers didn't pay either. I mean, I I don't think I made any money off mm. hero killers. But then again, neither did Andy. Like you know, because he paid how much. At least, yeah, you're, you're not really necessarily getting screwed over if nobody's making money. No, that was a mutually beneficial. Yeah, he didn't make money. I didn't make money. But we both got a book out of it. Yeah, and that's what I needed. Okay. The most important thing then is that I had a book that I could show my stuff. So what kind of got you into Marvel then? How did you get contacted by those guys? Um, uh, Will and I had decided to um, go over to the States. Uh, we were going to say Dark Side for a second. No, we both no. decided to go over to the Dark um, Side. <laughs> uh, uh, me, I probably would. Will never would. Will <laughs> never go to the Dark Side. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I was working on 28 Days Later and he was working on Farscape. So we're both doing stuff for Boom okay. uh, and getting by. And neither of us had a girlfriend at the time. Like, you know, it was, I think it was pretty much Willie really pushed me to. Like, I always wanted to, but like, you know, I'm lazy, so I never really get my shit together. Right. But uh, we both figured we'd go over anyway. So sure, we went over uh, uh, and we, we lived with this these two people. Ultimately, funnily enough, the two people we lived with one of them is Stacey Lee who's drawing Silk now okay. and the other is Ricardo uh, Lopez Ortiz who's drawing Wolf at nice. Image now uh, there's a dog there too I'm convinced the dog's going to get a job <laughs> it was Pizza Dog from Hawkeye yes, it <laughs> yeah. <was. laughs> but, um, but yeah so we went over there basically because we were getting stuff published in America so we thought fuck it we just go to New York throw all the editors are Marvel DC we knew some people from all the conventions we'd gone to so we're like, sure, look, we'll give, just give it three months. Like, feck it, what harm? Yeah, three months is so, bad. So we did, and um, when we were there, I saw that there were so many conventions in the States. Now, right. I got to conventions in the States from Ireland, and I got to American, or sorry, uh, UK conventions. But um, uh, I had gone to a lot of American ones, but since we were in New York, and it cost feck all to fly there to these places, like maybe a couple of hundred dollars or whatever, uh, I went to as many conventions as I could. I went to Heroes... Uh, I went to she just can't even remember how to be I think Boston and whatnot. but I um, went to Heroes and I met uh, Jeff Parker oh okay who was the writer on Thunderbolts yeah now at the time we were doing I was doing this thing called Comic Twart I remember that yeah yeah that was um, it was some like established names basically and what we would do is we would like take a character we would all draw a character that week and yeah it's good fun like but I'm um, uh, I think I got a lot of attention from that because you know Chris Somney was on there, Mitch Brightweiser was on there, uh, a lot of people who had followings. Yeah, I, I actually I, I remember finding that randomly when I was I was working an office job and I was just bored and looking for more comic art. Oh really? And I stumbled upon it like years it before really, we met. It like, really took off. Like, yeah, I, yeah. It, it really did. It was one of those. It was like I feel like the golden age of Twitter when everybody was just like, "Hey, I like your stuff," and I was, "Hey, I like your <laughs> stuff. Let's be friends." You know? um, but uh, so I think by the time I went to the States because because random people would see those drawings right uh, and I was proven because I was doing uh, an actual Bell book and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time to go over but uh, yeah, Jeff um, uh, Jeff was really nice to me and um, he said like oh if you want me if you want I can send your stuff on to Marvel and I just I've told the story loads of times before but it's uh, I turned it to Doodle I was like ah no no like <laughs> It's a very Irish yeah. thing, though. I'd hate it? to be a bother. I'd hate, to, you know, like yeah. I couldn't ask that of a view. You know, it, 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 it was kind of that summer. I realised the difference between like how the Irish are and the Americans. It's are, crazy, and how like I think we assume that they're all 
pricks. <laughs> you know, they're all full of themselves and ignorant and whatnot. But you know, when you're over there, they're all like, yes, sir, hello, ma'am, excuse me. Very polite. Yeah, whereas like, I noticed I, I kept saying sorry. I kept going up to somebody going, sorry there, you know. Yeah. I realised I'm apologising before I've even said anything. Like, you know, it's not... It's. I mean, I like... It keeps us kind of grounded to a degree. But at the same time, it's very easy to just read that as not really believing in yourself, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of... I've I managed to find a way of, like, you know, not shooting myself in the foot in those uh, scenarios except for this scenario where I was shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> um, so I was like no 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 I don't I don't want to be a bother and he was like no no you're you're fine I'm more than happy I to do it I offered to do it yeah, yeah I offered and I'm like no no I'd be such an imposition <laughs> but um, uh, uh, Tom Fowler a uh, Canadian artist was there and he was just wh- like, whispering here shut the fuck up um, pushing you from behind so Jeff, yeah, Jeff said myself I didn't really expect much to come of it but I thought it was savage that he was oh yeah, yeah he, he did it but I think um, there was a Daredevil crossover happening in a lot of the books at the time. So they needed a two-issue fill-in. That was a Shadowlands, wasn't it? Shadowlands, yeah. Okay. Because the next, the next issue after that was going to be a double-sized uh, anniversary issue. So the regular artist had to do two issues worth in one. In, right. You know, so instead of having him draw the crossover and then, you know, they had me draw the crossover, giving him the time to draw the double-sized issue. Okay. Which was grand. I mean... Uh, like I, I was delighted. Like you know, I got to draw the hand. I got to draw Juggernaut. Sweet. Uh, and I was I actually, I actually read. I picked up Thunderbolts issue one when I was a kid. You know, so okay. it was kind of cool to, to to be drawing that. But um, I uh, when that happened, I went up to the offices because I was in New York when when they asked, I was in New York. I think me and Will had gone out on the piss. <laughs> and I got back. We got back to the house and I checked the email and it was like I got the email from Marvel and like. Just went nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, so would you go to the office hungover? No, no, no. I made sure that <laughs> I had my shit together. Like, but um, it was really good. I mean, it was really interesting. Like, they showed me the offices, which were really small. Oh, they were really, really small. They were all like Tom Revert is like the main one of the main guys. Yeah, and he was in an office. I would say, like the size of oh, what room? Like. Uh, not even the kitchen in our old place. Okay. Uh, with with four people. Wow. You know. So that yeah, that's like, I mean, ten meters by ten meters. It was less. That, like I would yeah, say, say it was yeah. less. And these are this is like one of the head editors. Um, yeah, they were really cramped. And uh, uh, it was Bill Roseman who hired me, and he showed me around. And um, you know, I brought my work, but he was like, you know, so the the one thing we'd just like to see is you draw our characters. And thankfully, from like things like Comic Twart and uh, Eclectic Mix that I did with uh, Mooney and Will and Thompson on them, I had loads of like drawings of Marvel characters yeah. along with plenty of storytelling stuff. So that was fine. Um, uh, yeah, we're a great idea. And he, I mean, it was it was good. He said like, you know, if you can do it in five weeks, you're fine. You know, you should really? be fine. And um, so I made sure I did it in four weeks and gave it to them half a week after that. Okay. So it was before before they needed it. But not so quick as they thought I could do it in four weeks. You know, is this that weird um, bloody Scotty logic from Star Trek, where you don't want it to... works? <laughs> it works big time. Tell them it will take longer, so that will, when you do it early, they'll think you're a genius. But you mentioned you mentioned the eclectic mix. Yes. And so, who exactly was involved in that? It was myself, uh, Bob Byrne, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Mooney, uh, Will Sliney 
uh, PJ Holden and Nick Roach and then after a while Tom Moore joined okay now that's like eight like Irish artists yeah. that are all pretty much they're just all still working now aren't they yeah I mean I'm not sure what Bob's doing to be honest Bob's been doing a lot of um, like uh, apps learning apps and stuff okay um, at the time like uh, he was banging pages out like he was doing his own uh, web comics and stuff his own graphic novel which is still probably the best Irish graphic novel going but um, Mooney was by the time we got that going yeah myself and Will we were doing American work Mooney and Thompson had already been doing American work PJ I think had just done an image series and Nick was Transformers guy always yeah. has been like so we were all relatively well known and um, I think it bred out of uh, I think I think when I got to know Mooney we hung out one Christmas uh, with Nick and I think Thompson maybe and had basically uh, an impromptu like Christmas party okay, um, which was nice because you know I, everybody I know would have an office party and we didn't because right. we were all freelancers yeah, so it was nice yeah. to have a, a work Christmas party Yeah, and I think Thompson came up with the name Eclectic Mix okay. as a joke but then I'd say it was it's a great, it's a great rap band name I think <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> ah, it's just a great name uh, period but I can't remember was it, it was probably Will, it was either Will or myself I can't remember now who was um, saying like we should all get together and like on a day each day you, to, you know Basically, I, I my day was Tuesdays, um, Mooney's was Monday, Will's was Wednesdays. So every there was a, every day something was posted. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, and it was good fun. Like you know, it was good because it. I think it forced all of us. One one thing it got us together as a group, which was nice. Right. Because we were so disparate in the country, and there wasn't much as regards seen as happening in the country comics. So it was great for us all to kind of group together like that but at the same time when everybody was posting an image it kind of forced you to kind of up your game a little Okay, so like I would draw something and then Thompson would draw something and we'd all be like fuck you know <laughs> so it, it kind of spurred you to do better um, and, and when I started when I started doing stuff for Comic Tart as well that was it was more so but it, it seemed on a bigger stage because there, it, I think it brought more of an audience faster so I kind of felt more eyes who do you th- uh, who do you think is the best working artist at the moment Controversial. I know. Uh, I thought in, in Ireland. Well, I, you could go Ireland, or you could go overall. The best working artist in the country. Yeah. What What would you use? How would you qualify that? <laughs> well, I guess I. I I'm because it depends. If you're talking productive, it'll be Will definitely. Like because right. he, he's so fast. Um, but if you're talking spotlight, I mean that's all relative. Well, I guess whose work do you look at and you go fuck. At Thompson, is it like yeah? Thompson isn't hugely productive, but like when he does something, it's good. Yeah, you know. Um, also, PJ, like P- PJ, actually um, gave me uh, gave me a portfolio review right right when I finished college. That that he he's how I found out about conventions really. Okay, so you should go to conventions in the UK. Had he not told me that, sure, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> but um, I think PJ is like probably one of the most underrated artists in like Ireland, UK. He's an amazing uh, cartoonist, but um, uh, I just I just think Thompson's stuff is just he's just a natural draftsman. You know, okay. he can draw the most amazing stuff with ease. You know, whereas I can draw really really well if I really really try. <laughs> but I think I think Thompson's just naturally just. You know, I notice whenever I tell you that I'm a big fan of your work, you get a little bit uncomfortable. 
I do and I don't. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also aware that if I like it a lot, it makes me a bit of a prick. So, but that's the Irish thing again, because we yeah, don't want to yeah. sound like we're we're proud of our what we do. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's weird because you, you you work in isolation so much that that's always weird to hear. Now, I get you get more. Um, I think this generation gets more satisfaction from it because, like, you know, back in the day, you just do the work. Right. And you wouldn't even know what people think unless they like wrote a letter to you. Or, yeah, now it's like the second yeah. injection comes out, I can just like look at an injection and see what people are thinking. It's 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 weird how you can get instant feedback like that. Do you think that's why Twitter is so popular within the comic book community? I would say so because we're all starved for attention. <laughs> Absolutely starved for attention. Um, I would say definitely. I think that's why so much of the comics community took to it so quick, so quickly. And it probably helps too, because like you said before, is that like some of the people you work with, they can may, you may not even be on the same continent as you. So yeah, generally think, not. Yeah, generally they're not. And and but you, I suppose it's never in this day and age you came along at a point where it's not a problem. I suppose years ago, you know, you might have had to like work from because like you know back in the day, I know. They, everyone went into the Marvel office like Ditko would bring his yeah there was in. a lot of that or, or FedExing stuff or yeah. whatnot. I mean that like of, I guess it's not a surprise that so many Irish artists are doing well now because the technology exists that it's not a big deal yeah. like I was talking to John McRae and he'd have to get to like a FedEx office you know and send off his stuff to America to get back and, and stuff like that or, I remember when I was starting uh, Frankenstein the art director was like oh well if you send off if you can photocopy if you can print out your pencils, send, post them to me, I'll do corrections, I'll post them back. Jesus. And I was like, and, and not that I'm, I'm not hugely tech savvy, but I'm like, I could just send you JPEGs. <laughs> you know, like, do it in Photoshop, you can, yeah, you, you know yeah. what I mean? I was, I even, at that time when I was starting work, the technology exists where you could do that. Yeah, but know? there were still a few people who had been working from before. At all. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. There's a God fax you. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But, um, uh, yeah, t- timing-wise it worked, but um, uh, yeah, as, as regards like the, the best artist, I mean, but there's there's loads of that's the, that's out of us guys who are working pro- professionally in like the mainstream. I mean, there's there's a whole new batch of people that I'm really excited about, um, and there's like guys like Phil Barrett who've been around for ages, but like just just been doing their own stuff. So right. it's not hasn't been hugely commercial, so nobody's aware of it you know well I because I, I, when I the, the year the, that I met you um, at, the, at Dice um, out in Dundrum um, one thing that I was kind of taken back by that day was like out of all the people there you had probably one of the longest queues for people to see you and it was because you were kind of spending so much time with everybody going through their stuff you were giving everybody feedback and critiques and everybody wanted you to look at their portfolios and so I, I, well, I think I'm not sure. The first year I had a bit of a queue, but I think that's because I was doing free drawings. <laughs> the second year, I think I can't remember why I volunteered to do it. Me and Jordy are weird. Like we, like I, I genuinely do like giving portfolio reviews. Yeah, and I genuinely do like trying to help people out with their work. As long, I mean, maybe it's very presumptuous of me to think that I can, but I think if there's one thing I'm good at, it's knowing how to make a career out of drawing because. You've you know, done it. Managed to do, yeah, yeah. done it. That's the only reason I feel I can speak with authority on this because I actually <laughs> have done it. I'm not confident in 99% of things. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I probably do too much. Right. Uh, but uh, it was weird because then 
the, I think there was the, the last dice I did there was a mad queue and I'm like oh well that's just because oh yeah because uh, Moon Knight had come out so I'm like in fairness Moon Knight just came out so I'm going to have a queue then there was a New York Comic Con and there was a mad queue for that I'm like but look in fairness it's New York it's a massive right. show and then I did Top Bubble and there was a massive queue and <laughs> to like, make it typical Irish again making excuses for yeah, like, uh, well I mean just because that side didn't, just didn't make sense to, to my brain but then the Top Bubble there was another really long queue I kind of had to say to myself like there seems to be a running thing here and I, I, I you know, I'm running out of excuses to say that it's not me, but I don't know. Um, but be, I think because of that, though, as well, is that like, you probably have a better idea of up-and-coming people, especially within Ireland, at the very least, of, like, you know... Because even, like, I'm... Because, you know, uh, I'm trying to get some comics made, and you were you readily off the top of your head about had five or six names of people whose work you had seen who are trying to get into the business. Yeah, I mean, like... I, I I think it's great how an Irish artist have done in like the last say five years, um, but at the same time it's all dependent on the American market or, or or specifically American publishers being willing willing to hire us. And I feel if there's a great batch of artists coming from the country, then yeah. then we'll we'll be in a solid place because t- I think talent speaks more than anything else. Right. You know, like really good artists. You're going to want to work with them no matter where they're from, you know, yeah. either Irish or not. So, um, and I would like there to be more good artists coming from the country in like the next five years, right? Um, and I think it's the one. Like I could just sit on my laurels and go, "Hey, I'm doing great," but I, I would <laughs> like to see it continue to do well. You know, the, yeah. the better comics do in the, in the country, the better for all us artists. Anyway, you know, it's great mm-hmm. having that home support. Like that, I really did not feel a few years ago when one nobody would have known me anyway because the stuff I was doing so it was all small press but two I I think that the audience is much bigger than it was before it it seems to be anyway yeah Uh, the events the more events I'm kind of seeing in in Dublin the the more well attended I'm surprised they are events are the lifeblood of the the community yeah you know of, of the of comics fans meeting and interacting and people wanting to like collaborate with each other and that stuff that that's what keeps the community going right um not dependent on me doing another issue of Deadpool or something, you know. Right. It's great. I mean, it's great, and it's great that I got to do it. And, and I think it, it'll be neat when that Deadpool movie comes out. And if it does well, you can go like, "Hey, look, an Irish guy did that." I, 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 I don't think about it that much, but I remember when I was a kid and Garth Ennis was doing Hitman and Batman was in it and Superman was in it, and I'm like, an Irish guy. <laughs> it made me feel like I could do it right you know I, I don't think of myself in that regard but I, I, if I can kind of step back a little I think if you're a kid who wants to do comics in, in Ireland there's so many examples of people who are actually able to do it it's that representation argument that you hear about like you know the one that's like a, a black kid if you see a black creator like you know it, you it get absolutely to do is. It, like. I, yeah I wouldn't make the argument it's like it's all about representation because you know we are still we're still you know, white people, white people. <laughs> but you know we're still a specific culture and while I'm not saying there should I'm not saying there absolutely should be more representation oh, nice but I would like to see it because yeah. I like it you know uh, I'd like to see more Irish made books because I like reading about where I'm from I like seeing those things yeah. you know, uh, but I don't, I don't get to see them that much well that's, that's why it was kind of nice when I read the first trade of Injection to actually like see Trinity in a Trinity College like I yeah, was I like was, oh, that's fun yeah, well, I, I, told, I asked Warren if I could have an Irish character I didn't expect him to write 
those places in there for me. So I'll be honest with you, that was great. And some people have told me they're, you know, it was great to see Ireland represented without it being all tiddly eye and twee. You know, yeah. yeah, twee, uh, which was, you know, important to me. Now it's not something I laid down with Warren and like, you got to do this. Yeah. He just did it because he's smart. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I can't lie, I was delighted to do it, like, mm. you know. Um, you know, drawing like there's one pub uh, I go to the other time whenever the rare occasions I'm in town and drawing that in the background and um, uh, just knowing I'm drawing Dublin is just pretty cool, you know. Describe injection to people because we had a conversation before. That's an incredibly difficult thing to do. Yeah, um, which I like, but it it doesn't make it hard to like, you know. So, injection is about um, is the story of five eccentric geniuses who were part of a government think tank a few years ago, right. and they've made something which is going to destroy the world. Uh, we meet them now where these things are starting to fall apart, and they come to the realisation that they have to do something to stop what they set in motion. Right. Uh, and it's a bit of a science fiction, detective, crime. all the characters do different things so the, the genre slips between horror mystery yeah because there's like a bit of a, a cult stuff in there as well as like it's, yeah, it's not a lot just of like mythology and yeah. science uh, like I, I was originally just calling it a science fiction book but I feel like the first trade was more science fiction the second trade is more crime mystery okay uh, the, I know that the I think maybe the third one is going to be maybe more uh, maybe more science like hard science fiction okay um, and then I'm not sure which the fourth and fifth one will be kind of like action adventure because because we get to have our cake and eat it basically because there's a spy we can do action adventure because yeah. there's a, a, a tech whiz tech whiz we can do like science fiction because then there's have, a straight up wizard <laughs> yeah we have an actual yeah we have an actual wizard yeah. so you know um, uh, mythology and whatnot uh, and uh, folklore fit into that so do a bit of everything you know so yeah. I'm on the second book now which is more of a, a weird mystery okay. um, and I know yeah the third one will be about Bridget so I'm not sure if that'll bring us back to Ireland or not uh, Sure, I'm sure there'll be flashbacks to Ireland but um, uh, yeah I, I think that's the best it's the best description I have basically is of the five characters yeah. that they have to stop this thing you know there is an oncoming I think um, it's, a, it's a phrase that Brisbane used for his series Sheltered but he called it a pre-apocalypse story Okay, and I would say this is similar like yeah so it's, it's on the edge of one yeah, yeah it yeah. feels like it um, this is is this the second or third time you've worked with Warren? Uh, second second okay. uh, first was Moonlight yeah um, yeah and do you think because we were talking you said mentioned Deadpool before because uh, both Deadpool and Moonlight seem to get a lot of attention um do you th- which one do you think got you the most attention and which one do you think is your best work uh, Moon Knight and Moon Knight okay really um, yeah definitely um, Deadpool I wasn't sure I'd take Deadpool at first because I just didn't give a toss about the character but so many people talk about the good bad and ugly run that you did yeah no cause, like but see that's the thing I just kind of just didn't I thought it was just, it was like I, I, I'm not putting down anybody who was, in, who was into Deadpool. I just I it wasn't a character I got into. I'm the same. I never connected to him. I don't know if it was because we're at similar ages. I don't know if it yeah. was the time we grew up in that Deadpool just wasn't. In our he's, he's a very strange character where he's got a fandom that is completely not in comics. 
Uh, like Ruth Redmond uh, who's colours from Deadpool uh, she was a kind of interning for Geordie for a while she's a massive Deadpool fan but she hadn't she'd read a lot of of I think the Daniel Way run which I hadn't read at all but you know I know there's people who like doing cartoons or in video games but I've absolutely never read the comics Um, he just seems to be his own entity yeah it's very strange um, and I just didn't get it but what I had done is about you know months previously uh, the Marvel Now relaunch uh, Jerry Duggan was writing it with Mike Hawthorne drawing sorry with uh, Tony Moore drawing and then Mike Hawthorne and I was reading that because um, I was just curious um, I'd, I'd heard good things about uh, Jerry Duggan and I like I knew Mike from Comic Twart okay. so I was like oh, yeah, I'll give this a go and I, I Genuinely thought it was hilarious. Like that, that was really, really entertaining. Yeah. Any of the stuff from before, I think Jerry has his own take, which 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 resonated with me, and I liked it. But then when I was offered, I was like, I like it, but I'm not sure if I can draw it because it's a lot of big humor. Okay. And I like drawing humor, but it's hard. What, it's all really about. What, what makes it hard? Like, well, well, so much of of, of comics is is uh, is is tone, um, and a lot of it is is you know beats. And comedy is all beats. Okay. So you don't just have a line. You've you've to build to it, and um, uh, a tone is such a subjective thing to, to to achieve. I feel like I can do horror. I can do atmospheric mood. That stuff comes naturally to me. But comedy doesn't come, like like anybody who knows me knows I like I I'm, I would joke a good bit. I yeah, massive, yeah, yeah. I'm a massive fan of comedy. Yeah. Um, but it's something to like it and something to do it. Um, and I feel that working in like for example, it's it's. Um, uh, it's like doing comedy in a if you're if you're going to do a play, right? You know, so you're there's some things you can do in in one medium that you can't do. Sort of like you can't do visual gags in a, in a play if right. you're doing a comedy play. If you're going to do silent comedy, then you can't use sounds. You can't use uh, uh, you can't use words. You can't use jokes. So it's just a bit of a it, it's a bit of a specific puzzle that if you get wrong, it won't be funny, and if you okay. get right, it will be. Uh, Jerry, thankfully, is a very funny writer. The dialogue was quite funny. Okay. But what worked for me is that the story itself wasn't a comedy story. Okay. It was actually a pretty tragic story about yeah about Deadpool and his origins, which suited me down to the ground. <laughs> because if you give me a miserable, depressing story, I am all for it. I love I love that stuff. Yeah. So what worked, I think, was because the tone of this story was actually a lot more uh, intense. There was real cost. There was real tragedy involved. That I can draw that story and ha- have elements of humor. Okay. So, like recently, I was supposed to do this um, story for uh, Secret Wars uh, Two. It was like a, an anthology, comedy anthology. So, so I've done. A, I did a comedy short story with Scott Adsit, uh, and that was tough because it was like jokes, 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 jokes piled in on top of each other. But there just isn't the real estate on a page. Right to sell all that in, well, in storytelling. Well, Scott's not an experienced comic writer either, which is no. I think is he's more comes from film, and, I, and you can, I think you could see that, like you yeah. know. Um, but he probably also wanted to get all these great jokes in there. But uh, I, I felt bad. He's like, add in what you like, but I felt bad because I feel like oh, I took was taking stuff out. Um, uh, Jerry's different. I, I don't really have that problem because uh, I think Jerry's written a lot more comics. But um, there was a story I was I was supposed to do um, with uh, Al Ewing. And when I got the story, I was reading it. And I'm like, I'm this is for <laughs> not me. me. <laughs> and yeah, it was. It's. it's I, I wrote the editor and I said, "Look, I'm really sorry. This is just isn't. You know, you want a mad magazine 
artist. You want a cartoonist right, to do right. this. Now, I am a cartoonist, don't be wrong, but I'm not a, a, as talented a cartoonist as other humorous cartoonists are. Yeah, like I think of someone like Chris Bacalow, who's like, or is that how you pronounce it, right? Bacalow. Um, uh, Bacello, Bacello, yeah, the guy who does Doctor Strange at the moment. Yeah, well, well he's, he's more of that kind of cartoony kind of uh, draws crazy stuff on a page. Yeah, um, but that's not really what I mean. I mean, he draws cartoony or but I, 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 if there's you, there's a term for like drawing things that are more cartooned, right? And that's like a, a cartoony or that would be the phrase that's used. What I mean is a, a cartoonist is somebody who's a good humorist. Um, Bacello draws lots of crazy stuff, and he can draw big noses or he can draw crazy heads or whatnot but I mean is is um is knowing what to cartoon and what not to cartoon okay uh, no don't get me wrong I'm not saying he couldn't do that book but it's it's I think it's different style different. in your head yeah like, like like Sergio Arjonas would be somebody who I think would have done it, it was, I think it was okay. specifically written to be more in a mad magazine type yeah. of story yeah yeah and that is not the type of story I'm used to drawing I'm not used to drawing seven panel pages with like Lots of things happening in each one, you know, okay. like uh, not like drawing asterisks, asterisks, asterisks. Uh, if you look at those, it's a very lot of panel pages. That's not quite how I like to play with space. Okay. So again, there's nothing wrong with the script. Like it was perfectly fine. Just, just different tell, style. I would tell I could do it. This was going to be torture to try to figure out. Mm. There's other people that stuff would just come way more naturally to them. You know? Yeah. So I'm not sure if I totally went off the question there. I can't remember what my question was. Oh, you know, we were talking about um, the fact that like you got a lot of attention for those two books. Oh, sorry, yeah, well, that was that was um, so that was Deadpool and Deadpool. I underrated how popular that character was. Sales on that book were quite high. Uh, it was the biggest selling book I'd done at that time. I got to do my own covers on it, which was great. That was the first. I got Jordy, my girlfriend, as colorist on it, and she was always been brilliant and getting. I don't think it's a coincidence that people started to really respond to my work when she started coloring it. Yeah, so they went really well for me. Uh, that's Colour by our full name by the way it's Jordi Belair I was but I think when I was wrapping up Deadpool I was out asked if I wanted to do Launch Moon Moonlight series which I wanted to launch a series for for some pure careerist reasons I wanted to launch a series because that's when people really take notice of who the hell is drawing the book okay like I'd followed I followed Tony Moore on Venom like, so Tony Moore launched the Venom series and I came yeah. on to Venom after that Tony Moore launched Deadpool I came on to that after that my running joke was <laughs> I better really pay attention to what the hell Tony Moore does next because <laughs> it'll probably be my next job and he's, then, a, he's a legend in the field oh he is absolutely yeah. right, rightly so like, but, but ultimately that's the name people are going to remember because he was the first one so for example Mike Hawthorne is, has been has drawn way more Deadpool than I have or uh, Tony Moore has I, 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 I'm not sure I can't tell but like I don't think he gets enough credit for all the great work he's done well, I think, because I he think, wasn't the first guy I think part of it too is that like it, it ends because stuff like you know Marvel and things like that it's it's a it's a, it's a character that is owned by the company rather than the artist and, and sure. so people I find as well when they when they read the character they're reading for the character and not the creative team I think well, that yeah, well, look, look, absolutely I'm not Personally, like there's very few characters I follow. Okay. But um, uh, like Daredevil, I follow Daredevil, but I'm more interested on the take that the creators have on Daredevil. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, you're absolutely right, and, and it, it's, it's like this. Usually, I think it's starting to change more. 
Uh, I think with the with the rise of like you said, people doing creator own stuff, and then the readers taking note of who's doing the creator own stuff. But I think, I think also if, if you think of the more. books that you like the best, it's probably from an art a writer arts team that was stayed consistent for yeah. a long. You no, know, like your Superman Birthright or Watchmen or you know, people. I think month to month they don't like they they like consistency, but I think as regards like one of their favorite stories. You know, nobody wishes that somebody else drew, you know, a few pages of the Killing Joke. Yeah, well, it's kind of I know like the two kind of comics that got me super into comics again as a, as a late as in my late teens was uh, Azarello and Rizzo on Hundred Bullets, right, uh, yeah, yeah. Bandus and Malieve on De- or Daredevil. Yeah, like yeah. they were just and like you said, they had long runs together. Like so, you know, hundred issues each. Like. But uh, so you, in a way, you're kind of developing that with, with Warren with, after your Moon Knight run, and now here. This yeah, well, so we'll, we'll say with Moon Knight, I got to launch a series, so I felt like I actually could do. Because when you come in after somebody, you basically do your own little spin on what they've done, right? And, and you had that experience with Thunderbolts and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with you know, like I draw Deadpool a little different to everybody else. I yeah. don't, I don't like the, bl- I don't like the brown belts. Yeah. I feel that the red and the black of his costume with brown on top kind of looks a little weird so yeah. if you ever look at my how I draw Deadpool all of his gear is black because I just I think that it, it simplifies it somewhat uh, and I draw I draw his the things around his eyes a little more slanted so they kind of look a bit more um, yeah. uh, you have a thing where you, you show seams as well which I like uh, yeah well I looked at a lot of cosplayers at the time I think when I was looking at reference how to draw him and how a different artist drew him and um what bugs I don't like when he's drawn like a big muscly uh, yeah. you know uh, bodybuilder because you know I had a break dancer friend and he he, he did a lot of like uh, lifted weights and for a while he was lifting way more weights to the point where he couldn't break dance anymore because his muscles were too big he couldn't pull, pull <laughs> he off the couldn't bend properly yeah, that, that really stuck in my head so like you know Deadpool is a mercenary he'll do a lot of like he's not a bodybuilder he'd like yeah, you know. But plus, if you look at someone who does a lot of fighting and, and like you know, and Deadpool does, uses a lot of weapons, so you yeah. know, if you think of okay, a military guy, they're never jacked. Like, oh, he's know. probably like I'm doing wrong. He's he's certainly fit and muscular, but yeah, like, you know, he's, not, he's I, I, draw li- I draw him a little leaner, but also, um, like I think I talked to Jerry once about like his, I think he, Joe was like he, he described uh, Deadpool as like you know he's um, you know when you have a plaster. And you know, you leave a plaster on for a while, then you take off the plaster, it's all like gunky and yeah, it smells. Yeah. That's how people react to Deadpool. So to <laughs> me, it's basically like a, it's, it's more like a containment suit, okay. you know, rather than spandex that he would sweat through. So it's, I kind of draw it as if it's like, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that will tear easily. It's, it's basically more uh, a wetsuit like. wet that he lives in, you know. Right, so yeah. I try and draw it like folding differently. Like I kind of draw it a little waxier. The red parts waxier than say dry all the pecs and all the muscles and whatnot. Yeah, um, I don't think it's usually original, but like I, it's certainly like how I like to draw. Well, yeah, but I, I like kind of things where you can kind of you can do that with artists after a while. You pick up like you, that's how you can tell that's that particular artist is like yeah. oh they draw things that way. It's like um, who's the guy who did All Star Superman? Frank Whiteley. Yeah, you you can just you can spot him a mile away. I mean, because yeah. nobody else that draws exactly like he does. Like it's good. The, the, the details yeah, see, they uh, put in. It's, it's weird for me to think of my stuff like that because I don't. I'm not objective, and I can't. I can't yeah. just look at like that. You know, all I can do is like make the decisions I have and, and stick with them for better or worse. But um, but no, you're right. Like he made the decision about how he was going to draw Superman, and 
And I respect, I mean, there's plenty of artists who, who are really, really talented. I just don't like their stuff. Right. Either because I don't like, it's just not to my taste, or I don't like their decisions. But I absolutely respect the fact that they've made decisions, you know. Oh, yeah, that's just it. And it's kind of, it's, it's that thing too. I'd much prefer that than just like everybody looking the same. Which was which was a thing in comic books for a long time. Oh God, where yeah. like everybody was asked to draw the same as it, like you know. But, yeah, but sorry to, to go back to your question again. Yeah, uh, we keep getting off that one. So that was so that's what was good about uh, Deadpool. But like Moon Knight, there was the, the canvas was completely clean, and I was working with Warren Ellis, who is somebody who is hugely progressive in terms of ideas and. Right. Uh, like when he sent me the whole idea that he had, just like, what do you think? I'm like, I'm not going to involve myself in this process. You're already, I said, it's already interesting. Right. You know, it, I don't feel like I'm doing another arc of Moon Knight. We're doing something different. And because it was interesting, I prefer to do something interesting than just toe the line, you know? Oh, yeah. Even if people don't like it, that's fine. But at least it was different. Yeah. So everything he was saying, I'm like, yeah, this is all savage. So, you know, I just went with it and... Um, just getting to make all those decisions and also there was no hassle for Marvel there was no like you can't do this you can't do that there was one editorial note on issue 2 because the the sniper scenes were a little too violent so okay. I, I had to pare that back a little um, it wasn't a big deal it was, it's a decent note you know I can't uh, can't uh, complain about that too much but, but we were pretty much given carte blanche so that was amazing and to have that much control over you know as well because I, I dealt with the colours personally and mm. there was it felt like doing creator own book. So when Warren asked, "Do you want to do creator own book?" I had a choice. I could go back to, I could I could stick with Marvel and have no autonomy over what I might end up doing, right? Or I could have complete autonomy and the opportunity to do a long running series, which may never happen again because the market is really tough right now. Like there's some books like Saga do crazy good. There's you know there's um. There's superhero books that do crazy good, and there's others that don't on, on both sides of the fence. Yeah. But I figured, you know, he's like, I said, I would like to do something long. He's like, how about five volumes? I'm like, okay, look, if this is my one chance to do a long series, and yeah. saying that 25 isn't the longest in the world. No, you know? like I said, the, the one I mentioned earlier, 100 Bullets had 12 yeah, trades. So. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Scout was 50 issues, Preacher was. I can't remember what Preacher was, but still, like, it's not that huge a commitment, but I, I but like I would like I like the idea of at least having one series like that rather than which is what my career has been is like lots of short arcs. Yeah, and you know I don't want to do three issues of five anymore. Okay. Not, that, not that that's all I did, but that's what I did for a while before I got to do a little bit more. But um, it sounds bad, but like the Deadpool arc I did, which everybody raves about, which is great. That trade is me and another artist who did two issue uh, filling. That's, okay, that's fine, but like I I want. You, I, want, you want just your name. If I have the opportunity to have <laughs> yeah. complete, to, to have it just be one body of work, then I will, I'd like to take that opportunity. And it's nothing against anybody else. Like me and, uh, there's a Deadpool omnibus and it's me and Mike Hawthorne and uh, uh, um, Shite Scott. Uh, I was just looking at the stuff there earlier. Uh, the new issue looks really good. Scott Collin? No, it's a different artist. My mind's blanking right now. Someone's screaming on the internet right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Crap, it's going to... Scott Collins? No, Scott Collins is a different artist. But anyway, um, and that's grand, but like, I'd really like to have a volume, a hardcover someday that's just me, you know? Oh, yeah. And the only place to really do that is Image, because the monthly grind of a mainstream superhero book isn't going to support that ultimately happening, you know? And that's not said with any malice. 
that's just the way the, the companies are right now. Yeah. So if I can take a break, like I guarantee you, by the time I'm doing injection, I'll be fucking gagging to do a short <laughs> series. You know, I'm like, give me one issue. You know, because like, that's oh. the thing too. Because you got to you got to work on a lot of different stories, so it would remain interesting for you while you were doing it that you got to yeah. do all these different types of work. Sure. Do you do you think um, that the fact that Moon Knight was such a Low key character at Marvel. Do you think that helped with how easy going they were about I, I think the things so. you got I mean, to do with them? Well, if it, I, like, I think probably the best book at Marvel for years and years and years and years has been Daredevil. Yeah, it's generally because no one really gives a shit. Daredevil, even in recent years, hasn't been a massive selling book. It's always been consistent and it's always done well and so well in trades. I think since trades became more popular, but it's not like people are gagging for him to be on the Avengers. You know, right? Uh, you know, the move that movie not doing well didn't help either. <laughs> but um, but I think it meant creators could just kind of do something with that character. It wasn't Spider Man. Right. If you did something different with him, like when Ben just took, like exposed his identity, if you did that with Spider Man, man, they'd be hounding and, you. And they did. And they did. Yeah. You know? And then they had to wreck on it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so like you know, it's it's um yeah they did that. But um but you can do that with Daredevil. You know, he's he's not mm-hmm. as uh, it doesn't as a franchise, it's not as easily damaged. So. I wanted to do Daredevil bad, and when I was offered Moon Knight, I basically got to do my Daredevil. It's in a way, he's not know. a million miles away, just no, no, a, little, a little bit crazier. Well, well he's, he's a very different character, but it's a street level character, it's the right yeah. tone, you know. And I don't mean like, oh, God, I know I'll never do Daredevil because I got to do it, I just mean that I got to do a street level book with you got a, a certain degree of autonomy, you know, because nobody really cares about. I mean, Moon Knight has his fans, but yeah, in general. But yeah, you're not going to have people like bring it. Yeah, he's like, like D list. Oh, yeah, if that. Yeah, yeah, at yeah, most. And then that's not, I'm not saying he's a dealer's no, character, but, but in the terms of like how he's viewed by the mainstream. Yeah, yeah but if you, it, there's, always, there's always been a hierarchy within like any kind of superhero franchise, like is like the Avengers and like you know Spider Man and yeah, you know, he, like because even everyone talked about when the Iron Man movie came out, so it's like oh he's a bit of a like a C list like you know absolutely. Yeah, who turned that character around? Warren Ellis. There you go. You know, so like, <laughs> so, so if it's like, okay, here's a character that no one's going to be too precious about and add Warren to that, whatever happens, it's going to be interesting, you know? So yeah. I, uh, it was a no-brainer, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes with those decisions, and I'm, I, I, I say yes, I'm thinking afterwards, like, oh, should I have said yes? Because it's such an obvious yes. Right. <laughs> you know, you're going to go, maybe <laughs> I'm just something I'm missing. Soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, so that, that, so Moon Knight there was autonomy I, I just got to everything I got everything I could have wanted uh, it would have been nice to do another six issues because I think they would have printed it like a collection by okay. now or something I would have really liked that <laughs> but Warren just wanted to do six you know and if he wanted to move on and do something that we don't after that then fine and there was no contemplation in your head of staying on it with a different writer and I had the option but um I knew the next writer was Brian Wood and I really liked Brian well no I didn't know at first actually I think it was just asked if I wanted to um, actually that's right sorry I said no before I knew it was going to be Brian but it is still um, I uh, well you had worked with Brian already oh yeah so, definitely you know, I'd work with Brian yeah, you'd work with him in Northlanders Northlanders and Conan and I think oh, Conan I think well. doing those two books informed more of the type of comics I want to do Okay. You know, which is why I think that Moon Knight is a book because I had gotten to do books like Conan and uh, Northlanders. It was more my type of storytelling, you know? Okay. But um, what, uh, the way I saw it was, well, one, I'd like to do a creator-owned book. Yeah. Um, two, 
It, it bugs me when a writer is doing a book and the artist leaves and is replaced by another uh, uh, artist. Yeah, me too. It would have been interesting to be, to be stay on as the artist and the writer leave, but um, I, th- I, th- I reckoned that what would happen is that uh, I'd get shit no matter what. Okay. Um, I haven't said this before, actually, but I figured, like, if we put it this way, because Warren left the book, people are going to go, it's not the same. No matter if it was good or bad. Yeah. I think actually Brian's book uh, issues are excellent. I think they're just as good. It's Greg Smallwood, is it? That's the oh, yeah, Greg Smallwood. That? He drew the shit out of that yeah. book. That's the one thing I regretted was that they replaced me with somebody <laughs> so good. I, I just wish, just like, why can't I get somebody crap? Um, <laughs> Make me look great, guys. Yeah, but I, I liked the idea of a different team taking it over rather than a different writer or a different artist it's, you know? it's more common that when a writer leaves the artist usually goes with them it, it is unusual for an artist to stay around with a new true, writer true which would have been interesting to see how that would have panned out you know yeah. I don't know I wonder how that book would have stayed I think definitely Marvel would like the consistency of the same artist but okay. um, I uh, and it would and, and you know ultimately it would have been cool to work with Brian those, those stories were great but um, I, uh, I, I I liked the idea of keeping the working relationship with Warren like consistent like I haven't worked with another writer since yeah. except for Geordie I just drew something that Geordie wrote uh, and I did an Ed Brisson short story last year but you know that's not it, but it, they're only little shorts like they're not even a full issue of anything yeah exactly like, so. like, like if anything it just makes me a little bit more exclusive yeah, which is fine. But I think it's, it's yeah, and I think it's it's great to to because we've talked about, like a couple of times on this about just teams that we like, like people working together that is yeah. good, and if you can kind of create that working relationship, it makes everyone's work kind of. You and, know. And the only problem working with Warren was getting over like the fear of working with Warren, you know, like <laughs> just 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 trying to not be terrified. Yeah, was the only real problem. He's been great to work with, like and. You know, I got to hang out with him for a little bit with you. He's a very laid back, nice guy. He is in yeah. person, but online he seems oh, yeah, much more he's... mystical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even even on email, he's like that too. Like you know, yeah. well, I really I learned very quickly that he's a sweetheart. Yeah, he very is. quickly. He's you know, very nice um, and very supportive. Like I wanted to do covers on Moon Knight, and I was told it would kind of depend on sales. Okay. And Warren was very insistent on no, it doesn't. Declan's going to do the covers. Yeah. It's nice to have that, that big of a dick. It was nice considered I hadn't even <laughs> I hadn't even drawn a page yet. Do you know what I mean? Like he okay. I wasn't expecting that kind of um support from you know, he didn't have to. Yeah. Give, why should why should he give a fuck like, you know? But I think he likes the work to look good. You know, he he, he cares about yeah, how he, it's drawn. He's so. a, he's a strong vision for what he does like. He certainly does, and you can tell when you're reading his scripts that he, he certainly is thinks about he knows it's a visual medium and he takes that into consideration mm-hmm. you know some are some people who are comics are screenwriters who like comics and who will draw or sorry who will write screenplays yeah you know now in saying that I haven't had very few of those experiences but I know it happens but he's, he's, he's clearly like the whole thing with the sniper thing uh, in yeah. issue two that's a very visual idea that's nearly an idea that an artist would have and getting the opportunity to go, I'm just going to do this fancy art thing. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, the fact that a writer decided... I, I think, in fairness, there's a lot of writers who study the craft right. really, 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 really well. Uh, Kieran Gillen's probably one of those guys. Uh, and Warren. I think Warren started a lot of that. There, there's there's writers now who are, I feel are like... who are very post-Warren Ellis, like Fraction, yeah. Deconic. Well, I think Gillen yeah. even like mentions Warren as an influence. Oh, he definitely like, would, yeah. yeah. But I, I think you can see Warren's influence in the right in the bigger writers of today, like 
uh, like uh, Deconic and Fraction and she's uh, all of them you yeah. know you know I mean they're all like I guess they're all influenced by Morrison too like you know but I I, I don't know I think Warren paved the way for a lot of those guys to have their own voice well uh, we're done we've uh, okay. we've killed an hour now I usually play out most podcasts with a song so I'm going to let you pick a song that you like that we can play you out on do I have to pick them right now hey, you can give it to me later on if you want I will give it to you later on so, okay. I, can, I, so I can see much much seem like it's like oh that's an interesting choice <laughs> that's right now like all I can think of is Duran Duran <laughs> really which Duran Duran song no I'm not going to because I'm a pretentious artist I'm no 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 but just for interest sake what which Duran Duran and the first thing I can think of is Hungry Like the Wolf oh that's uh, that would be amazing to play out on but okay I won't do it I'll, 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 let, you, I'll let you pick something else I'd have a way more pretentious answer like some, <laughs> some obscure Scana- Scan- Scan- Scandinavian band yeah. cool I'll have to put it into the description but uh yeah. like aha were they from Scandinavia <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's obscure. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, man. Oh, Appreciate cheers. it. Thanks, man.